0: Chapter 14, The Courage to Initiate Once upon a time, men wore the pants and wore them well. Women rarely had to open doors and little old ladies never had to cross the street alone. Men took charge because that's what they did. But somewhere along the way, the world decided it no longer needed men. Disco by disco, latte by foamy, non fat latte, men were stripped of their khakis and left stranded on the road between boyhood and androgyny. But today, there are questions our genderless society has no answers for. The world sits idly by as cities crumble, children misbehave, and those little old ladies remain on one side of the street. For the first time since bad guys, we need heroes, we need grown-ups, we need men to put down the plastic fork, step away from the salad bar, and untie the world from the tracks of complacency. It's time to get your hands dirty. It's time to answer the call of manhood. It's time to wear the From an advertisement for Docker's Jeans.
1: Initiative is the essence of manhood. Nothing, absolutely nothing, comes to the man who is passive except failure. Men are not meant to be spectators, real men accept responsibility rather than making excuses and look for solutions instead of casting blame. They reject the, I'm a victim, so let me off the hook mentality and find a way to push ahead through the storm. On the other hand, the disengaged man, whether single or married, will settle for diluted, bland maleness. Life happens to him. He doesn't happen to life. His expectations are low and so are his achievements. I hope you're not counting on him. I hope you're not him. Some men demonstrate more courage in their jobs than they do in their families. A friend recently made an observation about a neighbor and expressed questions about why some men don't step up at home. She wrote me an email as follows.
2: My neighbor Rebecca is in her late 30s, and she's married to a man named Bill. He's in about his early 40s. He's a successful CEO of a leading oil company in Middle Eastern country. Bill was a U.S. oil company exec when they met 15 years ago. Then they moved to the Middle East and had children, which is his second family, and raised them until they started school. Rebecca and their children moved back to the U.S. to get their younger son, who has ADHD issues, the right educational environment. For the past five years, she's lived here, and Bill has visited about once every month or two. It seems to work for them. However, the boys are growing, now 12 and 14 and out of control, and she can't handle the virtual single mom thing anymore. Finally, Bill announced last month that he's stepping down from his international gig and coming home to spend more time with the family. Everyone is excited. His 22-year-old daughter, by a previous marriage, is posting the news to their Facebook page. Dad's coming back. Sounds like he's finally agreeing to engage in the family he supports financially, right? Well, no. Yesterday, I learned that the 12-year-old son is being shipped off to military prep school and dad is considering a new job in Ireland. Jaw-dropping!
1: Why is it that some men can initiate great tasks and conquer overwhelming obstacles at work, yet remain passive in relationships or in leading at home? It's as if there's a disease that infects the male species, None of us is exempt from the passivity virus. Over the years, I've done a little inventory of my life and listed some of my own lame excuses for why I haven't taken the initiative when faced with a duty or a challenge. I've said to myself, Taking the initiative is hard work, and I'm tired. I hate to admit this, but pure selfishness and laziness have been the cause of most of my passivity. In years past, after solving problems at work, I just wanted to vegetate, watch TV and not get involved with cleaning up the kitchen, helping with homework, or putting the kids to bed. And I certainly didn't want to deal with the bigger issues, such as repairing a breach in my relationship with my wife or addressing a disciplinary issue with a child. On multiple occasions, I've had to pry myself out of my easy chair, and into situations that I would rather have ignored. Being a man will involve pain. Initiative requires sacrifice and self-denial. I don't know how to initiate. When I was single, developing a relationship with a woman was risky. The learning curve was steep, and there was always the fear of rejection. Later, as a husband, At times, I found it easier to abdicate leadership to my wife. As a dad, I knew I needed to develop a relationship with my daughters and take them on dates. But what were we supposed to talk about? Other responsibilities, such as having a birds and bees conversation with my children, were awkward and easy to rationalize putting off until sometime in the future. Taking the initiative means I might fail or it may mean I've already failed, and it's easier not to risk failing again. Whether it was asking a young lady out on a date when I was single, leading my wife in planning, discussing the family budget, or hammering out boundaries and discipline for the children, or just dealing with the basics of leading my family, I found that the fear of failure creates a gravitational pull toward passivity. But real men take action, and when they do, great things can happen. Just ask my friend, Tom.
3: Every year, we try to take uh, time to get away just alone. Mm-hmm.
1: For many years, Tom Ellip and his wife Jeannie had taken time away from their normal routines to get away and be together. They'd have some romantic dinners and fun conversations, and generally just have a wonderful time talking about their lives. One year, Tom decided to elevate the discussion and, in the process... Open himself up in a way few husbands ever do. He developed a list of questions based on issues he knew were a concern to Jeannie. Then he sprung them on her during a retreat in the Rockies. Here are the questions. Number one
3: What could I do to cause you to feel more loved? Number two. Number two. What could I do to cause you to feel more respected? And by the way, let me just go ahead and ask number three with that. What could I do to make you cause you to feel more understood? Four. What could I do to cause you to feel more secure?
1: Number five.
3: What can I do to help you feel more confident in our future direction? Number six. What attribute would you most like for me to develop? Seven. What attribute would you like me to help you develop in yourself? Eight. Question number eight, what achievement in my life would bring you greatest joy? Number nine. What would indicate to you that I really desire to be more Christ-like? And
1: finally, number 10.
3: What mutual goal would you like to see us accomplish?" That type
1: of vulnerability takes initiative (laughs) and courage. You might be thinking, there is absolutely, positively, no way I'm ever going to ask my wife questions like that. When I interviewed Tom Agenie on my radio program, Family Life Today, I asked her how those questions made her feel.
2: The first thing that crossed my mind, I was tremendously honored that he wanted to know how, what I felt. And I was, I was just almost blown away. It was wonderful. I, already I was excited.
1: Tom has reviewed these same ten questions with Jeannie many times since that first conversation. When Tom told me about his experience... I couldn't help but think it was the perfect illustration of 1 Peter 3, verse 7, which instructs husbands, Live with your wives in an understanding way, as with someone weaker, since she is a woman, and show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life. Asking these questions and actually listening to the answers helps a husband understand his wife's needs. It connects them in a deeper way as a couple and makes them accountable to each other. This is the type of love, understanding, and leadership we are called to as men. Over the years, I've challenged men to take the initiative and improve their marriages in another way. This action requires bedrock courage. No, it's not initiating sex. By comparison, that's risky indeed, but nowhere nearly as challenging as praying daily with your wife. Now, some men are already praying daily with their wives, but I've seen that look of hesitation and even fear in the eyes of many men when I've given them this challenge. It's way out of their comfort zone. I'm not sure that Barbara and I would still be married had it not been for this spiritual discipline of experiencing God together in our marriage. It has kept us from building walls in our marriage. It has forced us to forgive each other. And it has kept us focused in the same direction. A businessman who works for a well-known corporation took my challenge a number of years ago. He and his wife had been married for years and had two children. At the time, he was experiencing some difficulties in his marriage. He was angry over a lack of time they spent together, both relationally and sexually. He had begun drinking again, and they had been sleeping in separate bedrooms for two years. They were not considering divorce and remained committed to the marriage, but in
4: his words, We were both on different pages, spiritually and mentally. She wanted to have Bible studies together and pray, but I wasn't willing due to my inner anger at her. A few years later, our paths crossed again, and he wrote to
1: tell me that when he took the initiative to pray daily with his wife, their relationship was transformed.
4: Over a period of time and consistently praying together, we've seen amazing changes in our lives. Quickly, the level of anger subsided. Each night, our prayers became easier and meant much more. We seemed to move onto the same page. Our attitude toward each other changed, and we began liking each other again. We also saw changes in our parenting. We started talking more and having in-depth conversations. Over the last few years, our conversations have turned to deep, meaningful reviews of our lives and the mistakes we've made. We share hurts, frustrations, and worries. We both seem to want to help each other and support the other in times of need. As we learn to love and respect each other, our sex life has grown into a beautiful expression of our love and is more satisfying than ever. Our walk with God has grown deeper individually and as a couple. Our lives seem to be connected on a spiritual level as never before. As with any marriage, problems still arise But now we feel equipped to deal with the issues in a positive way. Jesus Christ has done a mighty work in our marriage. And we attribute much of that success to the fact that every night, we approach the throne of grace together. It truly is His grace that has sustained us. Only He could salvage our train wreck of a marriage and not only make it survive, but thrive.
1: Can you imagine what would happen in your marriage, in your family, if you demonstrated that type of initiative and courage? My encouragement is, try it. If you miss a day, then pick up again tomorrow and pray together. I've found that the men who initiate prayer with their wives have a dramatically different relationship with them in less than two years.